Hey, this is Ben from Ensika, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Brutally Delicious! You're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. I'm Bruce Moore. And I'm Chris Seegers. And today we've got Metal Blade recording artists and death metal titans and seeker. I know Chris, you want them to get some death metal on here, so this should be a good one. Yeah, I was I was actually just reading the definition of death metal. Because, you know, I'm still learning and my, right. my brain doesn't work very well. So, right, we know that. So death metal is an extreme subgenre of heavy metal music. Okay. It typically employs heavily distorted and low tuned guitars. Played with techniques such as palm muting and tremolo picking, deep growling vocals, aggressive powerful drumming featuring double kick and blast beat techniques, minor keys or atonality, abrupt tempo key and time signature changes, as well as chromatic chord progressions. The lyrical themes of death metal may evoke slasher film stylized violence, political, conflict, religion, nature, philosophy, and science fiction. So, so, so there the, we thing go. I, the thing you notice about here, well, two things. One, if you listen to our last podcast, you can take Riley's lesson and kind of learn how to sing like that. Yeah, I've been using it. <laughs> Chris, Chris making death metal over there. Second of all, I think it's interesting, and I, I know I don't want to get too political or too whatever, but there's like not much misogyny or any of that stuff that, you know, from the 80s. It's really just really serious stuff. Yeah, well... What in the from what I was reading, it was like Venom kind of started the whole thing, which is interesting. I've seen Venom a couple times. Great band live. Oh yeah, you saw him on the boat, right? Well, at least three times now. I think yeah. Damn, I've never seen him. Their drummer is so good. Well, their new drummer. I don't know about their old drummer. Right. And um, but then it was saying Morbid Angel was like a huge, huge start to the scene. And then Slayer came in and just fucking blew everyone away with how they kind of morphed the genres together. So when I'm listening to Endseeker, I can kind of hear all of that combined. Right. It's nice. I mean, I think out of all the, uh, I guess, subgenres, obviously I'm a, a classical, I guess classical metal, you know, like Dio and that sort of stuff. But out of all the subgenres, I think death metal might be my favorite. Yeah, I mean, I, I find myself liking it. I, I just don't know genres. Metal is just metal to me. If it, yeah, 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 I know. And I, I guess as you get a, you get more into it, you'll notice like a lot of the metalcore stuff has those, it incorporates those breakdowns like from hardcore and kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I'm learning, I'm learning that metal has more subgenres than electronic music does. I know it's crazy. <laughs> it's actually really crazy. Yeah. I mean, I like it for what it is. I, I, I'll listen to everything. Obviously, you know, because I'm an old bastard, my my tastes lie in like the old classic stuff that I grew up on. But any of that's great. Yeah, nice. I listened to Deployment of the Aroused <laughs> and Consumed by Desire. Sorry, I'm too used to aroused and I started laughing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Deployment of the aroused. Oh, I'll deploy my arousement. <laughs> Again, that's... Uh, Hopefully my very, wife doesn't hear that. Right, we can go <laughs> south really quickly with that. <laughs> I'm too, dude. Yeah, well, who isn't? You know, I'm in my 50s and act like I'm two or three, but whatever. Man. Aroused makes me laugh. 
You know when you're in your teenage years and you start making sex jokes and it's really funny? Right. It never ends. No, same thing with <laughs> fart jokes. Yeah, fart jokes always win. <laughs> My wife is always like, don't you think you're a little old to laugh at that fart joke? No, never. No, no, no. That's a good joke. <laughs> it's like the saying, that's what she said. It's always okay. Yeah, that too, it's always okay. <laughs> Even though it's pretty misogynistic or whatever, it's always right. funny. That's what she said. It is always funny. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I think these guys are these guys are from Germany. So I don't know how it's what kind of accents we're going to be dealing with. They're going to call and then I'll just add them. I mean, I'll have to add you. Yeah, yeah. You know the thing I love about people from that area of Europe, they all know like five languages. Yeah, it's insane. Find people in the states know none. <laughs> they don't even know English. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. So I'll tell you something sad. Yeah. My kids, well, Zach may have got by, but Colin doesn't have to write anything in any of his classes and has never had to. Yeah. So he doesn't know cursive. Yeah, that's normal. Everything is just on a keyboard. You think that's sad? Oh, I think it's terribly sad. They, they have to learn to print though, right? Yeah, but I mean, you're like, hey, sign this. How do I do that? Really? Oh, dude, my writing since I since like <laughs> since I've been a computer guy, my writing is getting worse and worse and worse. It's yeah, terrible. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about cursive. I don't know how I feel about that whole thing. You know, like I, I get why they're not doing it, but is it important? Yeah, I think it's important to be able to. Uh... To be able to write Not in cursive. Really. But what happens when the the uh, apocalypse comes and the zombies hit and there's no power? How are you communicating with the other people? Printing. You can't print. There's no power, dude. No print like. Oh, you mean like printing? Yeah. Yeah, but it takes too long. You should be writing cursive. Yeah. Okay, I understand that. I understand that the apocalypse will come. I mean, it's yeah. already it's already hit uh, the Bahamas. Holy shit, I feel bad for those people. Holy fuck. Can you imagine that? Three days of that yeah, thing just, just sitting there. <laughs> oh my god. Like, I couldn't even... Like, they were showing satellite images of it just before I came on with you. Mm -hmm. And, like, the lots of the island is just gone. Just wow. gone. So they said, here's like, the before image, and here's the after image. And it's just... It's fucking mind-numbing. It's just gone. I don't know how they rebuild from that because, I mean, they're an island. It's going to be difficult to get everything back over there. And Yeah, well, there's, se there's 700 islands. Like, can oh, wow. You, can you imagine the amount of work that that's going to take to fuck, if they even do, you know? Hmm. Like, what, like they're, a, they're a Commonwealth country. So, you know, lots of them will probably end up maybe going to Canada or to europe or some other island right they won't be able to come here because you know we won't let them no. sorry <laughs> i'm sneaking in po politics and religion on this episode yeah, yeah. we don't want to <laughs> let we don't want to help people out down here we're against no. that even though there's three million open jobs and no one to do them <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'll stop myself yeah so uh what have you been listening to uh me um I've actually been mixing a uh, rock country EP oh, nice. for a band out of uh, Vancouver. Uh, so that's what I've been listening to, yeah. If I mix for, you know, eight, ten hours a day, I don't really want to listen to music after that. 
Oh, I imagine. But I haven't been mixing, and this new fucking Kill Switch Engage record. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. Really? Oh yeah, it's good. It's I, really good. I'm gonna have to check it out. I also I, love it. I also listen to the new Tool record. Oh, and how did I know you were going there? Yeah, I listened to. I was like the first listen. I was like, eh. And I was like, I'll give it a second listen. Second listen, I was like, double eh. And then the third listen, yeah. I cut it off halfway through. I was like, nah. It's well, just I'm tool. glad to see you didn't drink the Kool-Aid because everybody... I posted that little thing that said I was marked safe from the Tool record and I got all these like nasty grams telling me I have no idea what I'm talking about. But I didn't drink the Kool-Aid, dude. I listened to it with an open mind and went, meh. Yeah, I just... It, it sounded like Tool from 1990. They didn't go anywhere. Nothing changed. Maybe that's what people like. Though, it came you know? out the same day as the Killswitch record, and there's no comparison. Really, I have to check it out. I, it was yeah, just all over my. But I also want I'm gonna, the tool record was just all over my right. newsfeed, so I just clicked it and checked it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from a marketing perspective, they fucking did something really cool, where they waited. Oh yeah. They didn't release any of their songs on digital platforms at all. Until the new record came out, and then they flooded the market with their music. Yep, I what, agree. Wasn't every one of their records in the top ten <laughs> on Billboard? Oh, yeah, I mean, this is going to be—it'll be massive, I'm sure. <clears throat> yeah, still a band I'd like to see live, though. No, it's Ben. Hey, Ben, how are you doing? I'm Chris. I'm Bruce's oh, partner fine, on thanks. the podcast. Hey, oh, Ben, how are you? Hey, I'm fine, thanks. And you? Are you in Germany as we speak? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now that the harvest is complete and uh, ready to get out there, how do you feel about it? And are you satisfied with the outcome? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I'm absolutely satisfied. It's uh, um, it's always pretty exciting to record an album because you never know what what the outcome really is. And uh, as soon as the songs are really recorded and mixed and stuff, and it's it's great. It's uh, it like it topped my expectations, and I couldn't be happier with it. What was the recording process like for it? So Bruce and I always ask this question. So like, did you guys write it in the same room together? Did you work on it separately through computers? Like, how did you attack it? Uh, when it comes to, to, to the songwriting, uh, we work separately. So basically, it's Yuri, the other guitarist, who writes most of our stuff um, at home. And... Uh, I'm writing a little bit, and uh, on some songs we both get together and and write together, and um, and then we rehearse the shit in the, stu- in, the in the rehearsal room and and make sure that everything's tight and and uh, uh, it works for us as a band together, so that the our drummer like brings his own ideas uh, in, so that he's not really copying the programmed drums from the demos. Right. Uh, completely but um, puts his own flavor to it and um but then as soon as we enter the studio uh we're super old school we we do it like the old-fashioned way everybody's there and and uh then we track one instrument after the other so we start with the drums um then we do the rhythm guitars bass uh guitar overdubs and the vocals and yeah so we spent like Including mix, I think we spent 23 days in studio this time. Oh, wow. There's not a lot of bands that have that luxury to pull that off. 
Yeah, but you know, but like we're we're old guys, you know, like we're all around, <laughs> <laughs> we're all around forty, you know. So we want to live our teenage dream this time, you know. So right. we just like yeah, fuck the money, you know. Let let's get into the studio and have a good time. That's awesome. So we, and I, like, I think you know, I when wasn't we break laughing it down, at. Sorry, I wasn't laughing at you, Ben. I was laughing at me because I'm older than you as well. So I get it. So don't be offended. <laughs> yeah. No, just for me as an audio engineer, it's pretty rare to, to have 23 days to do anything with one project. Yeah. In in yeah. in the age that we live in. So that that explains why the record sounds so freaking massive. Thanks. Because you could take your time and, and absolutely do it. We- Took our time because I think it's important because uh, we don't want to rush anything. And and Ike, our producer, is uh, is a great guy, and he um, one of his very big talents is that he brings you to the point where you deliver the best performance you could do without putting you under pressure too much. Oh wow! So, yeah, so he's always making sure that you're comfortable, and of course, uh, we know Ike for forever so so he's more like a family member but still it's it's a working environment and um he makes sure that everybody's comfortable and and he knows exactly what to say to you to bring you to your best performance and uh before you get the next beer out of the fridge though (laughs) (laughs) well if you're working for 23 days straight that fridge better be full (laughs) (laughs) a few times uh, yeah we had to refill it every day actually (laughs) (laughs) that's great so Ben, when you're when you take your you're writing your songs, I assume you wrote more than the nine that made the record. If so, oh, oh you wrote just a straight nine. Yeah, yeah. So the that's, ones no. That's what we have done all uh, the all records through. We always write exactly the amount of songs that we want to put on the record, and nothing more. So there are no sorted out songs left anywhere. Gotcha. All right. Well, that beats my question. I was wondering how you're going to pick them, but. Um, <laughs> Chris? Okay. I'm more of a technical guy, so I want to know, because the guitar sounds are so good on this on this recording. Like uh Bruce just sent it over to me and I was just like, Jesus, <laughs> this is huge. So were you using real amps? Were you using like Kemper or Axe Effects, or were you combining both? No, it's just real amps. Also on this point, we are super old school. Uh we both played uh Marshall JCM eight hundred um heads. Oh. And then we have like pedal boards that differ a little bit from each other, but are basically the same. Um, so, and for this record, we switched over from the old Boss HM2 pedal, yeah, uh, which makes this chainsaw guitar sound, over to a pedal, uh, like a boutique version that is built in Berlin by KMA Audio Machines. Nice. And uh, they they do really really fine stuff. And this pedal has more options to dial in the specific sound that we need so it has like more options uh, in in the high and the low mids yeah and this makes our sound sound more articulate and and um more precise so that this time you can really hear what we're playing and i think this makes it a little bit more brutal than the last time where the sound was maybe more crazy but but this time it's it's like more on point, I well, think. That's one of the first things that I noticed. That's why I was wondering if you're using like the Kemper or the Axe Effects or anything like that, because it's just so like you can't, people can't see my hand, but it's like right in your face, you know? 
and you can hear every note and it's it's quite awesome <laughs> yeah well, great that it's great that it transfers you know that's cool that it's uh that it worked out yeah, yeah. yeah. chris was referring spiritual euphoria that's the uh the video i sent him over this morning to check out yeah that's some good stuff okay. oh i know what i was gonna oh. say sorry yeah, when sure. you're, you you put all this time in, you put all this time into your tone and, and into your writing your songs. How does it make you feel when you finally get up on stage and hit those notes and what you spent all those months creating comes to life like in front of a live crowd? And, you know, it's it's a cliche, but but it's it's true. You know, this is what it's all about. You know, like going out there and playing the songs live to people, and so you get a live reaction. You get like instant feedback if it uh, transfers or not. Um, and so the response that you get from the audience is super important, and and it's it's great. And we have we have a lot of fun on stage. Uh, we have a good time there. We really enjoy playing live, and. Um, it's always very exciting when you start playing new songs for the first times. It's always, oh, oh my god! Uh, like, do I don't don't fuck up the break or whatever? <laughs> you know, <It's> just <laughs> don't let right. me look like an idiot. You know, screw up the guitar solo. And um, but uh, in the end, it's it, it's super cool, and and we really like it, and we like to hang out with the fans afterwards, like and uh, pop some beers, and uh, that's uh, yeah, that's that's what we enjoy. The studio's cool, but studio is a very small period of time compared to the whole album cycle that's coming afterwards when with touring and stuff so we really right. like to play like that's 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 the real deal gotcha that's awesome um now i gotta ask a question maybe you can uh -oh. answer this question okay one second i'm gonna step out i'll be two seconds uh-oh i have no idea what he's gonna oh here we okay. go so I, I hope have, he's not going to play for you, Ben. No, I'm not. I have this uh, <laughs> this old 80s Ibanez DT350, which is like... Which is absolutely badass. Yeah, it's a killer guitar. And it has like the, the floating, the locking tram, the whole nine yards. But I need to put pickups in it because the pickups that are in this are super low gain. Now, okay. I just outfitted my strap with like the Crunch Lab. What pickups would you recommend for this badass guitar? Honestly, I, I'd say it's, it depends on what kind of music you want to play on this. Uh, so if you want to really shred some some heavy tunes, um, maybe you check out um, the classic EMG yeah. setup with everyone uh, in the bridge. Or uh, maybe you could check out some bare knuckle pickups for when you're looking for a high output. So me personally, I like uh, pickups that have a little lower output. So we're we're playing these uh, solar guitars, and they have these Simon uh, uh, Duncan pickups in there, and they're pretty they're pretty low output, but this makes them very dynamic and and uh, gives them like um, it's it's not so compressed the sound, so I, it gets more clarity, I think. Okay. So that's what I like. But before, when I when I used to play Gibson and stuff, uh, I had the EMG eighty ones in there, yeah. and they were cool, cool. So, but but just a totally different deal. Yeah, for, but right. to put the EMGs in here, I'd have to do some serious work. It would have to because they're active, right? Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how big the the, uh, the cutout like cut here. No, no, for the electronics. Oh how, yeah. How big uh, so if it's big enough, you you can uh, you can just put the battery in there, 
And uh, so the cool thing about the EMG is that they, they are uh, solderless. So you just plug it in and that's it. It's oh, super really? Easy. Yeah. yeah. Huh. They, they really improved their system to the max. It's awesome. If you want to put new pickups into your guitar and you use EMGs, it, it couldn't be easier than that. Awesome. I appreciate you going along because <laughs> on, the, on this podcast, we, we like to say it's a mixture of like Howard Stern meets Seinfeld, where we don't ask the people that come on, like, you know, how did you come up with your band name or those kind of questions. It's just casual conversations with metal musicians that have new records coming out so people can get to know them better. That's so, cool. So I appreciate, I appreciate so, the advice. So I love this guitar. don't think he's too much of a weirdo. This, uh, this guitar no, was actually like, gifted totally to gets me. me this gear talk because uh, I'm, I'm also a writer for a German guitar magazine. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much of a gearhead, you know, and I really like this stuff, you know, and like and playing yeah. around with guitars and right. modifying and stuff. Well, I really this, like that. They only made this guitar for one year. 84, really? 85. That was it. And um, I when, back when I was a musician and trying to get a record deal and doing all that stuff, I was a waiter and this lady came in one day. She always came in and she said, ah, you know, I had a dream last night and you need to have my son's guitar. And I was just like, what? <laughs> I was like, what's he going to think about it? And she's like, well, he died 10 years ago. Oh man. And I was Holy like, shit. I was like, I can't have that guitar. She's like, no, you're supposed to have it. So she brought it into the restaurant for me. And I've had this guitar ever since, but I've never known what to do with it. But recently I've been getting into, into like really modding out guitars. Like I modded out my custom shop Strat and, and I'm like, it's time to, to build the ultimate Ibanez guitar. And I don't know what pickups to do. So thanks for the advice. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben, getting back to, uh, getting back to Endseeker, what do you guys have planned tour wise? Um, like our record comes out, uh, Friday in a week, uh, Friday the 13th. And, nice. um, <laughs> Afterwards, we're playing like I think something around twenty more shows uh, here in Germany, and um, we are booking shows for next year already. And we hope that we can play as many festivals as possible because uh, I'm pretty sure you know that we have like a huge load of festivals over here in Europe. And yeah, um, lucky, oh yeah, yeah, so lucky! It's awesome. It's it's really great, and. Um, yeah, we're working on some tours, so we're talking with uh, other promoters from different bands and stuff. Uh, nothing I can talk about now, because nothing's uh, fixed yet, but I, I hope that we're playing as much as possible. So um, we had like internal conversations, and uh, we, we had like... Um, meetings with our wives and stuff, because, you know, <laughs> since we're like, yeah, the, the thing is that since we're like not 20 anymore but like um, 40 plus uh right. we all have wives and kids and stuff like that and jobs you know and and suddenly this record deal with a metal blade comes around the corner and you sit there okay well this is something that that i dreamt of when i was a teenager but now i'm right. now i'm old <laughs> and somehow but i really want to do this you know i i i want to take this chance and i want to really I, I want to do this and but um, since like the life circumstances are so different to what, when you were like 20, uh, you really have to make sure that your environment like 
supports you, you know. So oh, the yeah. wives have cover you up, and 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 the kids must be okay with okay, like daddy's like away for I don't know fifty, sixty shows next year. Um, it's that cool, you know. And also job wise, you have to make sure that that you're not broke when you come home from tour, you know, because yeah. you lost the job or whatever, you know, yeah. they would kind of suck, you know. So, so this is, these are things that we really sorted out and we're good to go. And, and I hope that it works out and we uh, get as many shows as possible. Nice. That's awesome. That so you mentioned it. I kind of said something earlier. Do you prepare, are you going to prepare differently or do you have to prepare differently for the rigors of the road being of a certain age? It's going to take oh. a toll on your body, right? No, it's, it's, yeah, um, we have, we have found out for ourselves and we made it to a rule. We're not sleeping on the floor anymore. Hey. Okay. So if you book us for a show, give us a fucking bed, you know, right. we just, we don't ask for much, you know, we don't want any luxury or whatever. We just ask for a bed. It's just an ordinary bed. That's it. Clean. Uh, Yeah. That's not infested with some. Right. Yeah, I <laughs> just a clean. You know, as you can imagine, you know, like I'm, I'm playing in a band for, um, I don't know, 25 plus years now, and I have toured a lot, and and I have experienced a lot, and I've slept on the street on tour because we couldn't afford any hotel, whatever, you know. Uh, right. So we're living like homeless people, and it was or sleeping in a car, sitting, you know, in your sweaty. Uh, um, um, stage dress and stuff, and it really sucks, you know. But I'm, it, you know, since I passed the age of forty, right? I'm not doing this anymore. Okay, <laughs> this, I'm, I'm too old for this. You know, just, yeah. just give me a bed and I'm fine. That's it. That's and awesome. Be, yeah, <laughs> a bed with the clean sheets, maybe a shower. <laughs> shower yeah. would be a big plus. Yeah. I can I can also live with like a shower every two days or whatever you know I, that's that's not, I'm not too picky about that but a bed is, <laughs> is all I'm yeah asking. yeah the, the bones start to hurt and the back is not as good as it used to be you need that bed I hear ya, I hear ya. yeah Chris? So, so have you guys started working on stage design at all are you at that stage of of no. of planning yet <clears throat> no. no no we just just go out there and play, you know, and everybody has a different approach to it. Like I have a certain stage dress that I wear every time I go on stage. Um, but the others, I don't, I, I'm not sure if they really think too much about it. Like it just, they just go on stage. But I, for myself, I feel more comfortable when I wear a certain, when I wear certain stuff, you know, this yeah. is like, like my battle uniform, whatever, you know, sure. so I go out there, you know, dress a little bit up and then I go out there and, do my thing that yeah cool can you you said you were you've been touring for quite a bit and and with nseeker as well do you have a like the craziest on stage gear failure or gear problem that you can think of offhand i know that put me on the spot but oh Craziest gear? Mm, no, nah, not really. Nah, I, I don't have a really spectacular uh, moment that I can recall now. Um, I'll tell you why I ask, because I've been doing interviews for a long time, and I was actually doing one with Saltatio Mortis, I believe they're called, and uh, playing a festival, getting ready to playing Wacken, or I think it was Wacken or whatever it is, but he's up on stage, a drummer, and a hornet flew up his shorts and stung him in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> And he said it was like 
swelling like the size of a grapefruit, but he had to keep playing because it was like their first time at Vakken or Wacken or whatever you want to call it. And then I was like, I bet you everyone has a story, you know, maybe not as crazy as that. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, one thing came into my mind. Um, <laughs> um, I think uh, I think last year somewhere uh, we we played at some weird kind of punk festival somewhere in Germany, and and we were supposed to headline this thing, and um, uh, the whole uh, the whole like schedule was totally screwed. So at the moment when we arrived, I think there was already like uh, like forty five minutes delay. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, holy shit! It's all it's still five bands to go until we go up. So so when we were when it was our time for changeover, it was like almost middle of the night. So it's a, the thing. Everybody was super drunk. Uh, half of the people already left because they had to go home or whatever. So we tried to set up our shit and somehow the bass amp didn't work. So for one note, it worked for the other. It didn't, it was right. not consistent. So, and, and we were trying to find out what's the problem. And, and the sound engineer came over and everybody was like trying to fix this. And um, it took us like, I think, 45 minutes. And our bass player, he really started to panic because he thought, oh, you know, I'm blocking everything. Right. And everybody's leaving. We have to play now. Uh, so he wanted to check out if it was his bass. And, and he wanted to grab his spare bass, which was in the, in a very dark and tiny room that was right next to the stage. So he walked in there and there was no light in there. And it was like in a Tom and Jerry cartoon. <laughs> no, he stepped uh, he stepped on a broom and the stick no. hit him right in the face. You know? <laughs> so he came, he came back from, from this, from this room with a swollen eye and blood running down his face. I stepped on a fucking broom. This sucks. <laughs> and he was grumpy as hell. So, um, he was in a really, really bad mood. And then we finally found the uh, the broken cable or whatever it was. I don't know. I don't remember. And then we could play. Like, and there were like 20 people left or whatever. And everybody was too drunk even to mosh. So everybody was just hanging there. It was, I think that was that was the most terrible gig that we ever had. And uh, yeah. And uh, See, I knew if I got you warmed up, you'd, you'd come up. You got to have one after all those years. Yeah. Hey, so... Ben, if you're stranded on a deserted island and you can only take three records, um, assuming you have like a solar powered CD player or something, yeah. what would you pick? I'd pick um, Pantera, Fabian Driven, yeah. um, Machine Head, Burma Eyes. Yes. And um, a random boat for a record. I don't know. They're all awesome. Awesome. That's great. So we've gotten to have a little fun here. Are you okay if we, I ask you some completely off-the-wall questions? <laughs> Just go ahead, man. I know you're going to think up. I'm weird, but we, we ask it. Well, maybe Chris doesn't, but I've taken to asking I really a couple bizarre questions. <laughs> I try to keep things on the up and up. Bruce is just crazy. <laughs> I try to ask some completely off-the-wall questions. So if you think I'm an ass, you can tell me to go away. But All right, you ready? Here's the setup. You're in a grocery store. What three things could you buy that would make the clerk the most uncomfortable? <laughs> the clerk? Yeah. The person checking you out. The cashier. Oh, the, ah, okay. In a grocery store. Yeah. 
You can tell me they just shut the hell up and move on. That's fine. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like whatever cucumbers, Vaseline, and condoms or whatever. <laughs> that, that some, some kind of, some kind of bad combination. <laughs> oh my god. That reminds what? me. Sorry. Wait, what? there we go. Don't forget, don't forget that, that I come from Hamburg and we have the Raperbahn over here, which is like the world's biggest red light district. So if I go into a grocery store over there and buy that shit, nobody cares, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ben, if you think I'm fucked up, but I got one no. more for you. You good? Yeah. All right. Would you rather be a hobbit or an elf for 24 hours? An elf, of course. Hobbits, they have like cherry feet and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I think that the elves have better weed. Hey! <laughs> hey now you're talking. Hey, That's is awesome. weed legal in Germany? No, it's not legal. Ah. No, we're it's totally behind on, on that point. You know, our like politicians are way too conservative to legalize that. You know, it's ridiculous. I guess Canada's the only forward thinking country in the world, and Uruguay. Two countries that have legal weed. Yeah, well, uh, Netherlands. Oh, Netherlands does too? Yeah, it's, I, and already for like 20 years or whatever. The whole country? There's a few states here that do. Parts of the U.S. have, right? Yeah, like not Colorado Virginia. Or, and, no. and whatever, and, and, and uh, California or something? Yeah, I think Denver yeah. as well. Yeah, Colorado, Colorado does, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And the whole West Coast, Washington, Oregon, California. Yeah, good for those people. <laughs> Everyone Chris, likes you got good weed. Else? Well, no, it's just when you asked him that question, it reminded me of this story, and I don't think I, I don't know if I should tell it because it's not really interviewing you. But if you want to hear a funny story, I could tell it. Of course, bring it on. Okay, so seventy thousand tons of metal, twenty twelve, the second version. And I, at the end of that cruise, I had like jiffy marker all over my arms. I had girls and bands signing my arms with jiffy markers. I was dressed up as a Royal Caribbean cruise employee. And one of the employees dressed up as a passenger. And we were like going around and we were getting really, really drunk. So anyways, the next day we all had to go to the, to the hotel. And I'm going with my friend Ken. And we, I'm fucking hung over like you wouldn't believe. Like, I don't even know if I went to bed. <laughs> so we go in and I have to get this jiffy marker off me because we're going to like the super high end hotel on South Beach. And I'm like, fuck, I don't know how to get this jiffy marker off me. And, and my buddy Ken's wife goes, well, you have to use baby oil. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> baby oil? Yeah, yeah, baby oil. So we go into uh, Fry's. Was it Fry's? Anyway, some, some department store. And I walk in and I'm with my buddy Ken and I'm just looking haggard and I got jiffy marker all over my body. And I look at the lady and I'm, and I'm standing beside my buddy. I'm like, do you know where we can find some baby oil? <laughs> <laughs> and the lady's like, um, yeah, it, it's just back here. So I go, <laughs> we're walking back. My buddy Ken's like, we? <laughs> I was like, oh shit, sorry. Right. So anyways, when we go up, we go back up to pay, and I got two <laughs> bottles of baby oil, and I'm with my buddy Ken, and the same lady's checking us out, or being the cashier, and she's like, anything else for you guys? Ken's like, can I have a box of those magnums, the magnum condoms? 
I laughed so hard I dropped my Gatorade. It fucking busted all over the floor. Nice. It's just like one of those moments in time. Anyways. So then, well, let's go back to uh, End Seeker. Sorry about this wandering all over the place, but. if people, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> if people want to uh, find Endseeker, how do they get a hold of you, and where can they listen to some music? Oh well, people can check us out on Facebook, obviously, and on uh, Instagram, then all the streaming services, uh, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and I think we're also in some playlists uh, uh, on Pandora. Oh, I think. cool! Uh, I heard that because we we have no access to Pandora from here. You can only reach it from the U.S. So. I'll I'll check but, it. Uh, yeah, they they requested our uh, cover without any um, a band logo and stuff on it because right. they use it for some playlist stuff. I don't know, and um, yeah. So basically, YouTube, whatever you can check us out anywhere where you where you can find any band, you know. And the and, and the Metal Blade label is going to be great. That's some good support behind it. They've always been great. So. Absolutely. That's a lot of lot of history at Metal Blade, so you're joining a good bunch of ranks. There you Absolutely. are. There you are uh, on Pandora. There you oh. see how, how many how many songs of us are in there? Uh, two. They have Cure, Spiritual Euphoria, just two songs. Okay. Yeah, it's the two songs that are out yet. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Right. Awesome. awesome. Awesome, Ben. You've been great. I hope we yeah. weren't too uh too far <laughs> off the wall for you. That's fine. I've experienced much worse things. <laughs> okay, I, I don't know if that's good or bad, but we try and make it a different interview than tell me about the the name of the band and tell me. Yeah, that's that's absolutely cool. I really appreciate that, you know, because like most of the stuff you can read up on, like I don't know Wikipedia or whatever, you know, so or most of the stuff nobody cares about. But that's cool. I like I enjoy interviews like that. Yeah, it's cool. Oh, you're not just saying that, right? We were we were pretty good at our jobs here. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ben, dude. Thank you very much. Good luck with the record, and hopefully, we'll get to see you on tour somewhere. Hopefully, we make it over to the US at one point in our career. I really, really hope so. If you do, nice make sure you send us a uh, shout out so we can go check it out. Absolutely, absolutely. You guys are on the guest list. All right. <laughs> Promise. All right, man. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate it. All right. Oh, man. Thanks for Thank you. All right. Right off. Cheers. Another great interview. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to <laughs> tell that story. I was just <laughs> That's all right. You actually had him taking apart your guitars. Like, wait, I think he's going to start like unscrewing the back and asking what to do there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it gives people a way to get to know them, though. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. They're not just. Yeah. They're not just the. They're people that play great I music. I would, uh, absolutely, but I wonder what people think when they like first hear it. They're like, "Oh shit, what am I doing here?" Well, <laughs> they're usually pretty <laughs> shocked by the look of things. <laughs> Cucumbers, Vaseline, and condoms—that's beautiful. Yeah, that's why I tell the story because it just reminded me of that time when <laughs> Ken's like, "Here's my baby oil, Magnum condoms, please." I'm like, "Fuck!" Nice. <laughs> well, uh. On that note, that's pretty much all I got for this one. I think that went well. Yeah, man. It did. For listening. And we'll catch you next week. See you next week. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? 
Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. <laughs>